0: Hello, this is Joe Peters at Coldwell Banker, and I'm about to interview Mark Russinoff, the Vice President of Public Relations for the Somerset Patriots. Let's listen in. Hello, it's Joe Peters at Coldwell Banker doing my What's Happening in Central New Jersey broadcast, and today's guest is Mark Russinoff, if I'm saying your name right. Yep. From the Somerset Patriots. Mark, say hello.
1: Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me, Joe. Very uh, honored to be here and and looking forward to a great chat.
0: Well, I heard you speak on the Somerset uh, tourism talk this week, and I said, there's a guy I'd love to have on my show. Um, I was originally thinking about getting Steve himself to come on, and then somebody said, well, you may want to start with his kids and move up. <laughs> <I> <laughs> don't want to sell you. I said, that's perfect. I think I can get through with this fellow. So tell us a little about your background and how long you've been with the Patriots.
1: Well, first off, thank you for having me on after seeing me on the other thing, because that's always a plus. (laughs) That always makes me feel like I did a good job. So uh, I appreciate that. But uh, I'm originally from Monmouth County. I uh, grew up in Mattawan, in the Mattawan-Aberdeen area. I uh, went to Rutgers, and uh, my first internship out of Rutgers, my first job was actually with the Somerset Patriots. I was a public relations intern back in 1999 after the ballpark opened. I applied for the position of director of public relations uh, to kind of take over who was originally doing was um, my mentor, Rich Reitman. He was uh, their original director of public relations. He was moving into a community relations role, and he had trained me, and and I worked for him uh, directly. And uh, you know, when the position became available, I applied. I, I didn't know what to expect. I ended up getting the job so I was an intern from August of 99 hired full time in October of 99 and I've been here since I've been uh, working with the with the team helping to build the brand working with a great group of people uh, the Califer family first and foremost as well as our present general manager Patrick McVary who's been here since pretty much day 1 and it's just a great group of people a great organization a wonderful community that we work in and uh, just it makes it extremely special it's a place that you that means something to so many people, and and we're very proud of what we created here. Uh, it's something that uh you know we have a staff that's been here for a long time, uh, myself included. It's going to be now I guess twenty three wow. seasons that wow. I've been here, and it's just an amazing experience. Great people, and you know we're excited about what we do every day.
0: Well, great. We have a lot in common. I too went to Rutgers, probably. Uh generation or two before you and um grew up in sarah at least my family grew up in sarah i grew up in edison so from the same general area um, we went
1: to a lot of movies in sayerville yeah we went to the what was at the uh amboy's, amboys. Uh, cinema which was since closed but i i remember going there a lot that was the movie theater that we used to always go to as a family it was a nice trip i remember they had like this fun like restaurant kind of near yeah And they have all the games and stuff. So you go there before the movies, hang out for a little bit, throw a lot of quarters away and stuff. And then we go (laughs) see a movie. And I remember they had like, I remember the one that always pops out is I remember going to see Rocky Four, like the premiere of Rocky Four there. And they gave out programs and stuff. And it was just like this fun place. And I I drive past it a lot now. It hasn't been used for anything. It's sad. No, it
0: seems like a desolate, like a war happened there about a century ago at this point. So it's a sign of the times a little bit. Um, I don't quite understand, because on the other side of the highway, they were going to put in a a fly fishing bass pro shops, which would have been a big draw to the area. And then somehow they poo-pooed it. and never happened. But um, Sayreville,
1: also uh, one of my uh, all-time favorites, John Bon Jovi, uh, originally from Sayreville. My kids tell
0: me I threw him out of our backyard oh really yeah and ever since then i've had kids wanting me to throw them out of their, my backyard it's like, <laughs> you see, he played with the kids next door and i don't remember him but i do remember throwing kids out of my backyard so he must have been one of them uh,
1: regardless tell everybody you did that's yeah a great that's, story that's you can tell people i i was the one that threw john bon jovi <laughs> out of my backyard he was playing it's too loud
0: funny 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 so I I've been to the Patriots maybe a half a dozen times and usually it's in conjunction with a business or somebody gives me tickets or there's something going on. It, it's not just a ballpark and a ball team. It's a family night out. And that's the way I, because we always had fun. It was great. I'm not sure I watched more of the ball game as much as the things that happened between the innings and stuff. So so tell us a little about your format and how it evolved, and you gotta tell a story about the ragtag team that you told on the talk the other day.
1: Well, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we we started in 99 here, but we played our first season on the road in 1998 while the ballpark was being built. Um, We really focused a lot of trying to bring affordable family entertainment into the mix. Not everybody's a baseball fan, Uh, not everybody when you're not um, part of a major league baseball organization at the time we're, we are, we spent 23 years as a member of the independent Atlantic league. And with that, you know, there's a lot of unknown at the time and you weren't sure what the Atlantic league was, the type of players, you know, you didn't know uh, much about it. So we really focused on a combination of a great level of baseball, a lot of fun, but also affordable family entertainment. Cause that was something that was important to Steve Califer, our owner, and the Califer family, as well as building a brand. You, you're, not, you're not just doing it for the baseball fan because people might come out. Like you said, you might have watched very little of the game, but you were watching the mascot. You were enjoying the concessions. You were talking to people, and, and it became a community gathering place. And, you know, we, we had a lot of people that enjoyed coming and enjoying the experience, maybe not always remembering who was playing. you you might not know a single player on the team, but you certainly remembered that you had a hot dog and a cold beer and you were just enjoying a summer night. And, you know, that's something that we really tried to build was that feeling of something for everyone, because um, we're huge baseball fans and a lot of our fans are diehard fans and really care about what we've built here. But there were people that were just coming for one night. They didn't, didn't really care if we won or lost. They might even have left in the seventh inning of a tie ball game just because, (laughs) you know, it was getting too close to bedtime for the kids. So, you know, you have a lot of that that you would deal with. Um, And we originally in our first agreement with Somerset County, uh, they were actually looking to potentially have two teams here. It was the Somerset Patriots and they were going to have the Bridgewater Blasters here. Uh, they didn't know really for sure what to expect. They were trying to make sure that it was a viable, you know, option to be able to have uh, teams play here, a, a completely unknown league, a completely built team from nothing. Uh, so there was going to be the Patriots and the Bridgewater Blasters. And uh, during this COVID time, when we weren't necessarily sure if we were going to play, and we ended up not playing our normal Atlantic League schedule because they opened up, you know, the season for everybody we created our own league a professional series to play this summer in front of whatever number of fans we'd be able to actually have at the ballpark, which at first we heard it was gonna be 250, and then it went up to 500. And uh, the Califers and, and Patrick McVerry and, and the team, we were just really adamant about bringing professional baseball to our community and, and bringing some sort of entertainment and some joy when everybody was stuck at home and, and looking for something to do. So Steve said, why don't we bring back the Blasters? We'll be able to create a team, all New Jersey players, between the Patriots and you know, the Blasters, because we had to make sure they weren't traveling state to state or anything else. And let's see if we could actually bring the Blasters to life. It was a dream of his to actually to do that. He wanted to say that he finally saw the Blasters play too. Okay. So instead of making it the Bridgewater Blasters, we – We made them the New Jersey blasters because they're players from everywhere. And we also, we figured Bridgewater is our hometown. We didn't want to be playing, you know, having people from Bridgewater rooting too much for the Bridgewater blasters versus the Somerset Patriots. So, um, so that was really where, you know, our mindset was, was bringing entertainment to the community during a very tough time. Everybody was dealing with this awful pandemic and how can we, fulfill our commitment to the community and actually do all the events that we did. We did 76 different events over the course of the summer, which is unheard of Um, all outside, all safe. You know, we went through a lot of the guidelines and everything you had to do, but yeah, we, uh, we had this team that we created out of nowhere. And one of the players actually on the New Jersey blasters had his contract purchased by the Miami Marlins. And he actually played at the major league level this year his name is Brandon Liebrandt, and he made his major league debut from a team that didn't exist last year and a league that never existed that we just made up. So it was a great story that came from nothing, really. It's
0: a, it's a Cinderella story.
1: It is, Cinderella. you know, and, and it's and it's great because, you know, I, I feel like the the Patriots in their own way are a Cinderella story because right. no one really knew who we were. No one knew what to expect. A lot of people didn't think that you know, independent baseball could last. And, you know, it's a great area, great ownership and a great team that from top to bottom worked really hard to build what we have and uh, have been really a nice success story along the way. So how big is the
0: stadium? How many seats are in there?
1: It's a 6,100 seat ballpark. And we've had crowds well over 8,000 standing room only. Uh, Weekends tend to be closer to six to seven to 500 okay Uh, in that range but we we average 5200 fans per game on a normal season Um, and uh you know it's pretty much 88 percent, i believe of capacity as as well as uh we are one of the top drawing teams throughout the entire nation when it comes to the size of our ballpark which is very impressive We've, we've held that pretty much our whole run so wow
0: So I know I mentioned to you off the air that we follow Tim Tebow. We've gone down to Lakewood to watch him Trenton. He was there a couple of times in Trenton because he plays for the Southern League. They don't get this far up. But he moved, I think, from double A to single A last year, or is it the opposite? Which is the higher echelon of the two?
1: Well, the way uh, minor league baseball works is there's the single A is the lowest, double A is the next level, triple A is one step away from the major leagues, and then you have major league baseball. Okay. So there's they restructured a lot of what Major League Baseball's minor league system looks like, which is where you saw some of the adjustments with classifications as well as some of the movement with the different teams. Uh, we were honored that we were selected as New York Yankees' new AA affiliate, uh, which is an amazing opportunity. And, and we're all very excited as the community is as well of the opportunities ahead. Um, but we worked really hard to get to this point. Over two decades, and uh, we're we're going to have our first season. Will be the 2021 season as the Double A affiliate, New York Yankees. And if, if Tim Tebow is on the Mets and gets on that Double A level, you might see him here at TD Bank Ballpark as well as their other prospects. If if you're not a Yankees fan, I know a lot of people in this area are, but if you're a Phillies fan or a Mets fan or a Red Sox fan, you're going to be able to see other teams' prospects come through here as well, which is part of What's fun about minor league baseball is following your team in different places.
0: So you're a Yankees double A. Does that mean you recruit people into your organization and the Yankees sort of picks from them or the Yankees put people in your organization?
1: The Yankees will control the on-field from the players, the coaching staff. They control everything that's on-field. The Somerset Patriots staff will still control the business side of selling the tickets, the marketing Uh, concessions, all the things that are off the field, but the Yankees will have the players. So it's a little different, you know, obviously than what we had. We, as an independent team, we controlled everything. We controlled all the business side of everything. We also controlled the rosters, the players, everybody that came through here. Um, So that's different this year. We'll actually be able to see the Double A prospects of the New York Yankees assigned here by the New York Yankees. And, you know, with the goal of develop them, developing the players so that they become future New York Yankees at the major league level.
0: And what happens then for the players from 2020? Are they absorbed into this or?
1: No, you know what the, what happens is our players were always under one year contracts. Okay. Um, as part of the Atlantic league, we would have their rights if they were to return to the team that they played for the year before up to a certain point, but they were one year contracts. Those players have the ability to go anywhere. They're able to go to other independent teams. They're able to go to tryouts to see if they can make a major league organization. They could travel to other countries and play winter ball or, you know, Mexico or wherever they want to go. They, they, they're free to do that. That was one of the things with the Atlantic League is that it was built to have flexibility for players to to move on, whether that's their contract being purchased, whether that's, you know opportunities that present to play overseas or in other places. Uh, So those players will not be here. That's one of the hard parts of, you know, if you're really looking at all the positives Mm -hmm. that come with being with the New York Yankees, we're extremely excited and and honored about that. We had a lot of great people that had been through here. Our our manager, Brett Jody, was with us for, uh, I believe, pretty much 17 seasons. He was part of this team. And, and it was really tough because we don't control that part of the business. So we would lose people that we're very close to as part of our family that we just can't control that part of it. So, uh, so Brett and, and our uh, director of player personnel, who is um, our director of baseball operations, Sean Hunton, who is a local um, guy who pitched throughout the minor leagues and was with us for a long time. And, and was also our closer, which he was for a while and he was terrific. He became our pitching coach. You know, those are decisions that it's hard when you can't have those people be part of this great journey that they were part of for a long time because we don't make those decisions anymore. But there's so many positives to it. There's so many great things of who those next players that you will see come through here. And also think of the rehabs of potential seeing New York Yankees that have to go play a few games in the minors to just – get ready to go I mean you might see some of those Yankees play you know you've you've seen throughout the years if someone gets injured they go and play a weekend somewhere and who knows that that could be some of the top players on the Yankees hopefully they have a very healthy roster and you know you want people to be healthy and play full seasons and everything else but there's going to be times that there's going to be a need and and we'll be here to do that as well
0: so let me say it back to make sure I understand it. You run the facility as always, but Yankees run the personnel that are on the field in conjunction with you. But they are the field manager, you are the facilities manager.
1: Right. They provide the on-field product. Right. The the prospects that are coming through their system. Whether that's, you know, that's guys that are gonna start in, you know, their journey and work their way up. You know the miners to get, hopefully become New York Yankees. They control everybody that's the field product, the all the roster, the coaching staff, trainers, all that stuff will be, you know, the New York Yankees. But you know, our staff is still intact, our ownership is still intact. Uh, we're the ones that are going to run the day to day business, you know, still doing the ticket sales, still doing the marketing partnership, still you know, at the ballpark, running the day to day, the games. And, uh, you know, like I said, our staff's been here for a long time and a lot of people were worried about that at first. A lot of people were wondering if, you know, Oh, the Yankees are just coming in and and taking over and, and, you know, the ownership isn't there anymore and all the staff got fired. And that's not the truth. The truth is we're all here working in conjunction with the Yankees to make sure that we put the best product out on and off the field.
0: And what about the teams you'll be playing now? Will they be the same teams you used to play or will they be a different level?
1: They will be minor league teams of those major league franchises. We're still waiting for the final um, announcement for major league baseball of who the teams are, what league they're being assigned and everything. We, we can speculate, but we're, we haven't heard any confirmation of who those teams are. But we'll be playing the double A teams for uh, the Holy. local you know, this area, whether it's, you know, Mets, Phillies, Red Sox, Nationals, whoever is in those leagues, we're still waiting on that confirmation.
0: Amazing. So you have listed the whole organization up one big notch, not only players that are on your field, but the players they will be playing that are all major league qualified players just waiting for an opportunity to move up or have moved, moved down to rehabilitate through an injury.
1: Right. And it's a different level because a lot of the guys this is their way up right i think that uh with the atlantic league you'd see a lot of veteran players you'd see a lot of guys that had major league experience double a triple a experience and were looking for that opportunity to get their contracts purchased and move back into a major league organization whether that was getting assigned to double a or triple a or you know ultimately the major leagues which we were very successful we had 21 Uh, former players of the Somerset Patriots make it to the major leagues, which is great. So we've had a a great run with the Atlantic league of all those great opportunities for these guys. Um, But, you know, you'll see a different brand of baseball. I mean, baseball is baseball, but they say double a is probably one of the most exciting levels because you're seeing a lot of the players, you know, their development, you're seeing the guys that are really on that, path to become major league players and they say a lot of that comes in that double a level of play which is really regarded as the most exciting
0: it's exciting i mean does that mean it's cost of a ticket goes up
1: well we had that question a lot i will tell you that uh we're in the process of putting all of our pricing together um and they're going to be in the range of what people have come to expect here we're not people on social media and everybody will you know, speculate what it is that now you're the Yankees affiliate and a ticket that used to be, you know, $15 is now 50. And that's not the case. Our tickets are still going to be very affordable. You know, we're, we're obviously in a a different environment and, and we're definitely uh, looking at, you know, our value of the franchise and what we have to offer has definitely gone up for the fact that there'll be a lot more eyes on us. We'll have a lot more attention. There'll be a lot more value, to partnerships and everything that we're doing. So we are going to be taking that into consideration. And, and obviously we have to do what's best for everybody involved or everybody that's a partner with the team, you know, the staff, the, you know, the community, everything that we're doing, we're, we're evaluating every little element of that, of this new value of this team that has gone up exponentially, obviously in the last couple months. Right. Uh, so we're, we're evaluating all that, but I will say that tickets and sponsorships and everything will be within a range that people have come to expect of the Somerset Patriots.
0: So let's talk about the physical plant, the four walls of the stadium. What needs to change in that to accommodate this new AA status? Sure. Uh,
1: Uh, There are some requirements that major league baseball uh, has for all of their minor league ballparks. So we're in the process of those renovations. We just uh, met with the Somerset County commissioners. We met with Bridgewater township and presented, you know, a courtesy review of, of of the updates. We're we're adding two buildings that will include indoor batting cages and uh, equipment for working out and exercise and everything for the players as well as some storage needs. So that was the first part of it that was um, being worked on. The clubhouses are being worked on right now, the renovations. We've posted a lot of pictures on social media. There's different needs than what we had um, that are required by the new agreement with Major League Baseball for clubhouses, for on-field, for bullpens, for lighting. There's a lot of things that are gonna be you know, looked at and, and we're gonna have a lot of improvements that we'll be making and, and it'll be a state of the art, not that it wasn't before I would put our ballpark up against anybody and say that it's probably one of the most beautiful places you'll ever come to a game, play on the field. That is gorgeous. That's a major league quality field, but these requirements are for everybody. They're going to have to, you know, everybody's gonna have to meet it, but there are changes that are going to make this place that much better for the prospects coming through. And and I think that this is going to be probably one of the, Best places they'll ever play in their lives.
0: It's exciting. So let's talk through the A system. The single A was what you were last year.
1: No, we were actually independent. Independent. We were not. We were not uh, with. We were not aligned with one major league team. What you could say is that we were a partner of Major League Baseball through the Atlantic League, where they were doing some testing of experimental rules that they wanted to try in the game. Like the Atlantic league had a partnership where they were doing the automated balls and strikes back in 2019, where they had a radar technology that was set up to help umpires call balls and strikes. Okay. Uh, they had other, um, rules that they were trying to just add some action into the game. There was, um, some controversial ones, some really exciting ones, some that you already saw being adopted by major league baseball, like the, um, Pitchers must face three batters. You can't just have a guy come in for one, you know, hitter, and then they come out. That was in our that was in our league. Uh, the uh, there was no shifts allowed. There was all these different um, rules that Major League Baseball wanted to see in action, and they tried it out in the Atlantic League. So we had a partnership with the Atlant with Major League Baseball. Our players got signed a lot by Major League Baseball, but we weren't a major league affiliated team. Now we are. So we were independent of all of that.
0: Got it. So what then is triple A? Does that mean they play at the Yankees facilities?
1: No, um, they're actually, triple A is one step from the majors. They're actually in Scranton is where the triple A team will be for the Yankees. And those are guys that, you know, they're that close To the major leagues or they're guys that are veterans that that's they're they're right ready to go back to the majors um they're more veteran they're a little older than the double a guys and and it's just like each step you get closer and closer okay Um, so they're still tremendous players they're top players they're you know as close to the major league quality as you'll get
0: So I learned a lot in the last 15, 20 minutes. Let's talk a little about um, what happened in 2020, what you're able to do and not do. I mean, um, Chris Edwards, who um, I interviewed last week or the week before from the SCPP, he got his job as president and CEO on March 6th. And on March 13th, the whole world went to hell in a handbasket, so it's like trial by fire. And I imagine it had an effect on your season as well.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we started at the same time, I think, that you would see around, I think it was mid to probably late February, if I had to really think, when uh, the NBA canceled the game. And then right. everybody started to follow suit. They were like, we didn't know what this virus was. We don't know how contagious it was. We can't be bringing people in. We have to stop pretty much everything so i know the nba was the first to do it and then you started seeing all the major league you know organizations mlb nfl was starting to you know since the good thing was that they had a lot of time before the nfl season was starting but the ncaa's weren't going to do the tournament You saw everything kind of stop and uh the atlantic league started to really look at it too we weren't supposed to start till uh late april early may but we I think around the March timeframe, made the decision also that we were going to be postponed. So we were just in a holding pattern and our offices closed. I think when everybody else's did around that mid-March timeframe, right. I think that our offices were closed. Everybody was working remotely. You really learned how to connect with people and, and everything through social media and Zoom calls. And, and we had a lot of questions of, of you know what was gonna happen. Are you gonna play a season? You know, Can you play a season? Um, can you do events at the ballpark and, and it was just a, a big unknown just like everybody else we were, there was no uh, there was no plan for this I don't think anybody could you know have predicted something like this how do you operate in a pandemic right so we um, we did our best to do everything we could as things started to look like we were going to come back to the office we, we started to do a lot of community, driven events. We did a lot of collections for PPE equipment. We did a lot of fundraisers for healthcare workers. We did a lot of those types of programs that allowed us to give back to our community a little bit. Um, and then we started to when you were able to have outdoor events, I think the first things that they said were you were able to do like drive through graduations because a lot of people were trying to have graduations and they're like, you could do it, but you have to drive by real quick and do something. Um, and when we took that model and started seeing what was opening up, we said, okay, let's try to do a drive in movie because you could stay in your car and, and be safe. So the okay. first things we started doing was let's try to bring people together. We, I, we did the sand lot here. We did a fun baseball movie. We had an inflatable screen in the parking lot. We were able to have 125 cars, people could sit, you know, in, in their cars and watch a movie. And it was tremendous. And people were really excited about it. And it brought a little of the yesteryear into today. Right. right. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, we were able to host the high school last dance tournament, which was really nice to see high school players getting back out on the field. Some of them seniors that were, this was their last chance to, you know, play for their high schools or in front of their families. So they, they had a great, uh, tournament that we were able to host some of those games, uh, when they, opened up the number of people that you have up to 500 we were able to start doing the movies on the field people would watch you know star wars or you know uh, wizard of oz you know all these great movies on our scoreboard and sit on the field which was something we weren't used to but we were definitely looking for anything that would bring people together and, and make you know people feel safe and and be able to enjoy it and then like i said earlier we were adamant that we were going to be playing baseball in some form. We wanted to do it. And, and even though we weren't going to make money on it, we lost money on every single pitch thrown. We wanted to play baseball and, and our ownership and our staff worked really hard to, to make that happen. And we started a great tournament uh, series that was 13 games. We, and we sold out to 500 people, which at a ballpark that used to, you know, 6,000, 7,000 people on most nights, we were all thrilled to see 500 people together and we're patting ourselves on the back that we sold out in two minutes, you know, whatever it was. But uh, it was exciting to be able to say that we did this. A lot of people couldn't, a lot of people didn't. And uh, we found a way to, to do that.
0: And what was but, the calendar timeframe that that was done in?
1: Sure. We, uh, we put together, you know, the framework of it. Well, first off, let me, let me go back a few steps, if, if you don't mind. Uh, we had to work really hard to find out what we could even do to bring people back. You know safely because we had a lot of guidelines that everybody had to follow from the state from health officials and experts that said you know you social distancing hand sanitizers wearing masks you know we did everything that we could possibly do to have people feel safe I think we had a great plan we, we put that together as a staff um, our vice president of operations uh, Brian Wiki really worked hard to put together what does that look like, and we we really took a piece of every single thing that we would have to run a ballpark and, and found a way to do it safely and effectively. Before we were able to do any of that, that was the first step, and um, once we had that in place, we presented it to the state of New Jersey, we presented it to you know, the commissioners and everybody in this area that had to say that, yeah, you could go ahead and try to do this and, and do it safely. And um, we started that process, I would say, May. We were putting everything together in June for what a, ser- what a season would look like. We were doing practices and a few other things. I got some nice attention for, you know, seeing baseball on the field, which was, you know, a sight for sore eyes for a lot of people to see when Major League Baseball and nobody else was playing that you saw players actually on the field doing some practice to get ready to play was was really exciting in that June time frame and then we announced in um, early July that we were we were playing and we had this series set up and we were bringing the New Jersey Blasters in to play the Patriots for keeping it local all that good stuff and by July 17th we played our first game and it went from July 17th to August 22nd. And, and we had a full 13 games. Uh, it was great. We didn't have any rainouts, which, you know, usually weekends you have, you know, a rain out somewhere. But, you know, we, right. we did really well with, you know, the weather and, and no COVID issues. Every, all the players got tested every week. Uh, nothing came out of, you know, people being here that made you feel like it wasn't done well, right and safe.
0: Cool. Hats off. I mean, that sounds like a tremendous accomplishment. I think you said you actually learned how to make popcorn as part of the event.
1: I did. Uh, our staff <laughs> learned a lot of new uh, new tricks. I love popcorn. Um, <laughs> I was never able to do such things as going into the vending room and seeing how popcorn was made, which, you know, I've been here for 20 plus years. I never walked in there. I was like, oh, they need help making popcorn. So I'll <laughs> make popcorn now. Now, I don't know if it was great. I liked it. <laughs> You know i i don't know what the mix of the seasoning and stuff is supposed to be I, I realized that i started to realize that the darker the popcorn was there was it was saltier so yeah. like you had to mix it up a little bit so if you got like those really dark ones that meant it was very salty and you have to try to find a happy medium between the light and the darker ones so yeah. i learned that and uh made a lot of bags and you know i said i would keep doing it but you know i i I think I let some people down because I, I um, started doing other things. I was like, I'll be back. I'll be back. This is awesome. And I think I did it once, but um, it definitely was fun. And and I think that our staff did a tremendous job. And I think people will remember this summer. uh, Not just because that was the summer that the Yankees came calling and we were, you know, received this great call up to be the double A affiliate. But I think there was something really special about what we created and the obstacles that we face to do it. I think people will remember that, I think. And, and even though people didn't have full experiences of being in a packed crowd, and I think that comes even with like school, like people's graduations. And I think that it's difficult to say that, you know, you didn't get to do the things that you would normally wanna do, but I think it, people are gonna remember it. I think people are gonna say like, they did a lot of things that they wouldn't have normally done You spent a lot of time at home. You spent time with family. You would normally not be able to do that as much. I think that you kind of learned some of the things that were more important than other things. And I think that, you know, it might not have been what we all signed up for and what we expected in 2020, but we had 76 different events. We, you know, show movies. We never did that before. We will remember that we brought people together. Our staff became ushers. Our staff was staying after events and cleaning the ballpark and doing things that brought us closer together. And it was something I I can tell you one, one example, we had a, we had a pitcher for the Somerset Patriots that pitched for us in 2018 and 19, he retired and joined our front office staff. He was going to be a group sales person, which he was. Um, And when we needed players and we, he wanted to play again after his retirement for this series that we created. And he, he played for us one more time in 2020, when we were playing the New Jersey blasters and he pitched for the Patriots, he was tremendous. He did a great job. He, he, um, was probably the best I've seen him pitch. He was lights out. And after the games as part of the front office, he was walking around with a garbage bag, cleaning up all the garbage around the ballpark with the rest of us. And I, he just pitched, he was literally on the mound, closed out a game was there like 10 minutes ago. And then he was in sweatpants and walking around cleaning with everybody because (laughs) he felt that was part of what his job was. So he, uh, he had the best record of our group sales staff, but he he certainly, um, you know, that's what it meant to be out here and what the staff kind of did. Well, together. I was
0: i was going to say making popcorn is going to look good on your resume. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Well, I hope I'm not going anywhere, but no, if, I mean, <laughs> if, if the Yankees say, look, we're looking for someone at Yankee stadium that can make a hell of a popcorn. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'll throw my name in there.
0: Well, I know during the fall season, uh, Somerset, business partnership had a leads group where we sat around the first mezzanine walkway and met each other we actually played like musical chairs i really moved the chair met another person for five minutes moved the chair and it was great because i met like eight new people that i didn't normally meet. it was comfortable because we weren't outside it wasn't it was a little windy because there's wind blowing through but it wasn't like outside windy and there were facilities, like you needed a restroom or whatever, so it was all there. Uh, so you found other ways to use the ballpark, which I think you found other ways to use the ballpark anyway. Um, I know I've attended games where there were firework shows after the game, and I got to tell you, they were great firework shows. Uh, the only thing I was concerned is, is, my car parked under where that's all for? <laughs> yeah. But they were great firework shows, it wasn't trivial.
1: Yeah people love the fireworks it's our most popular promotion um, I will say that people just when you have fireworks on the schedule it's our largest attended games people just love them and they come out so many times to see them it's and they're like 12 15 minute shows I mean and the only thing with fireworks is you know we started seeing a pattern sometimes where like I think that you get so amped up for the firework games and you know that there's going to be eight thousand people here and then of course that's the day that the forecast is like there might be rain right at oh, seven yeah. o'clock and you're just right. like oh it's a fireworks night but um yeah it's one of those things that just it draws people people love them and the shows are spectacular we have a great partner that does them um and you always hear people comment about the fireworks i think that it's one of those things that just is very special in this area
0: so if, if nothing changed, if, if, it, if it was a non-COVID year, what would be your first day of playing ball as a, a double-A team at this point?
1: Well, they're looking at the schedule right now in, in the past, in a normal year. I've, and what I've seen with minor league baseball in the past was always like they'd start around like that April-May time frame. You know, in most of the leagues, but I would say that, you know, they're still working out a lot of what has to do with the schedule now. So I I wouldn't want to speculate yet, but I would think that uh, you'd probably see baseball starting, whether that's Major League Baseball or the minors, probably in that April, May timeframe that will be, you know, a safe bet would be in that range to see.
0: And
1: if you were to do it
0: today, would you still be limited to 500 people in a stadium that holds 6,000?
1: You know that's definitely something that we're trying to see. Uh, I don't know what the restrictions are at right now. I know that you know at the time that we were playing, it was five hundred people were allowed. Um, I don't know what you know. That was also when we were an independent team. We were allowed to decide what we wanted to do. If if Major League Baseball, which one of our partners and the Yankees, and being in minor league baseball, we might not have as much control over. Let's do our own series or do things because we're now aligned with those partners and they might have more of a say in what you're able to do when it comes to that. Cause it wouldn't necessarily be our, it wouldn't be Yankee players at that point because the Yankees would control whether their players are playing or not. Right. So I think that, you know, we don't know exactly what the season will look like with number of games capacity yet. I know that's going to come from New Jersey. You know, I think the state will decide what outdoor gathering looks like or what sports looks like. Uh, we don't, we can't even speculate what it was. We're we're moving forward as we can with hoping that everything is able to go back to somewhat normal where you're able to sell tickets and have games where you expect large crowds. But right. in this world that we live in, you kind of have to have a plan B, which is you probably have to expect that there'll be limits. So,
0: So I think one of the more, and it was a high school drive in. I live in Clinton, and uh, it was at one of the parks. One of the high schools were having a drive in, and it said, Congratulations, class of 2020. And the two zeros were rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> and I said, It says it, all. it, says it <laughs> all. So 2020 wasn't a normal year. In 2000, 2019, how many games did you play as uh, an independent league?
1: We, we, uh, as for a whole season, we were normally 140 games. We'd play, really? yeah, we'd play 70 games at home, uh, with some rain We probably were closer to like 68, 69 right. openings. Uh, we averaged, we led the Atlantic league in attendance three straight years. Uh, we've, like I said, we've had great attendance throughout, but 20 years in we were leading the league in attendance with teams that had come in after us that were brand new, that were yeah. in great markets and stuff. So, um, back in 2019 we we were still in our 5300 or so per game okay. you know we were still uh, averaging 360 370,000 fans per game and and we recently I, I think it was probably 2 or 3 years ago now we, we reached seven just under we reached our 7 million fan right now we're at just under 7.5 million over our history which is incredible that is
0: amazing. Yeah. So how how does the logistics work of an independent team? Do the players get a stipend or a salary, or yeah. are they just trying to get discovered?
1: No, nope, they're professionals. They uh, they're the Atlantic League. The most that a player is able to make um, for a month would be three thousand dollars. That was what they would be able to, based on their A major league service or their experience or if they were with a club for a long time and and you felt that they deserved that amount because of what they meant to the team but i would say most probably average closer to 2100 per month um usually like a five-month season i guess you could say because they're playing from generally april to september and then also playoffs might go into october but so they weren't here to get rich they were here for the opportunity. I think right. that what you'll find, especially with the Atlantic League, you, you get seen by a lot of scouts. Teams are keeping an eye on you. Uh, you're playing in a, levels that, you know, is probably if you would really rank it double-A, triple-A level of play, but you could certainly on every any night probably see, depending on the pitcher or who's, who's in that game, pretty much triple-A talent. So that's what it would probably be comparable to if, if you're looking at real veteran guys that are playing at the top that they're able to play, probably be, you know, I would think the Atlantic League would be that double AA, A, triple A level play. On any and going given night. forward,
0: the Yankees are going to manage the field uh, staffing and whatever, so that's not the way it used to be. Um, but you use the stadium for other things going forward. Like I'm sure we'll have more business card exchanges and things like that. And you seem to have lots and lots and lots of other things. If, if it wasn't a
1: COVID year, do you typically do stuff besides ball games in the stadium? We do. We rent it out for a lot of different events. We've done a lot of nonprofit events here as well. We've done anything from uh, Operation Shoebox has done like packing events here where they would actually have people create care packages for to send to troops overseas. We've done walks for the ALS association. We've done different tournaments. We've used the ballpark for dance recitals. We've used it for, you know, other baseball levels, whether that's, you know, a all-star for tournament for little leagues for, you know, high schools having tournaments here. I know the Somerset County tournament has been here for years. Uh, So we do a lot of different types of events. We had to find a lot of interesting new ones in 2020 because you were just looking for ways to use the ballpark in a socially distanced, fun way. We did everything from our games. We've done the movies. We did dance recitals. We did graduations, you know, on the field. Uh, We did an Elvis concert with Jim Barone (laughs) who is this like award-winning, terrific Elvis uh, performer. And and I'll tell you, it started off, um, it was definitely a lot warmer when it started, because this was September, right? It, it started, it was nice and sunny and warm. And by the end of it, people were shaking and shivering because Ooh. it was kind of cold. I guess you could say it was like a hunk, a hunk of burning love in the beginning. And then like right. all shook up at night, <laughs> but it certainly was a lot of fun. We, we definitely uh, had a lot of interesting events that we did. Um, oh, it sounds,
0: it. It sounds But it. we would,
1: we would definitely keep it open. I mean, we've done a lot with the business partnership. We've done a lot of chamber events we've done, things that net help people network and we're a big part of that community where we want to make sure that people are able to network when they're at the ballpark where we're members of the different organizations and, and want to give people the opportunity to use the ballpark in different fun ways and I think that uh, the business card exchanges are one we've we've definitely will definitely keep that going I would think that there'd be diff- diff- different times that we would do it but events are always happening here it's it's not just in a covid year we just have to limit when we could do them if that makes sense we used to do concerts here somerset county used to use the facility for all sorts of off-season concerts and different events and and it's a multi-use facility i mean obviously with a 70 game schedule it's a lot harder and at the heart of the time that you want to do things is the summer so that's usually when we're playing but we still have time for ymca healthy kids day and other community type events that we use the ballpark
0: Terrific. So once again, to our listening audience, this has been Joe Peters interviewing Mark Rusanoff from the Somerset Patriots. Mark, we've got about a minute or two left. What did you? would you like to say that we didn't cover?
1: Well, I would just like to say that we're excited about the opportunity to become the A affiliate of New York Yankees. It's an extraordinary time here. It's a lot of hard work that went into two decades to, to get to this point. Um, and we can see the excitement from the community because we since we made the announcement, we were sold over 900 brand new season ticket accounts, new sponsorships. There's a lot of things going on here. And and for your audience, we, we can't wait to welcome you back to the ballpark. But if there's things that we can do to to help promote your business or give you opportunities to use tickets to you know, entertain clients and family, we'd love to hear from you. I think that it's get in now with everything that we're doing because we don't know exactly what the availability will be soon, but I can tell you right now, it's it's going to be the hottest ticket in town and, and the place that people are going to want to be. So we want everybody to be part of it.
0: It's great to hear. Mark, I'm going to pick you up again about three or four months and see how the year is going.
1: Absolutely. I would love to do it. And I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, Joe.
0: Great. Once again, this is Joe Peters. Wow. Sounds like the New York Yankees announcement has really changed the game for the Somerset Patriots. I know I'm gonna be out at the ballpark this year. Hope to see you there.
2: One of the biggest decisions in your lifetime is buying or selling a house. Choosing a realtor with strong client communication, technology, and marketing skills will dramatically improve your chance of success. That's why Hunterdon and Somerset's residents rely on Joe Peters. Joe believes his clients deserve a smooth and seamless experience, not a roller coaster ride. As a Coldwell Banker sales associate with 20 years of experience, he's helped hundreds of people to achieve their goals and dreams, no matter where they were in the buying or selling process. Here's what his satisfied customers have to say. Joe guided us through the process of selling our home and made a complicated transaction appear seamless. Joe is diligent and responsive without being pushy and truly keeps his client's best interest in mind. He would return calls within minutes if he didn't pick up. Joe accomplishes this by approaching every transaction from a business perspective. Initially, he tries to fully understand your goals and dreams and make them his own. Then he takes the mass amount of data that's available and distills it down to a few understandable action points. And finally, he controls the entire process through technology and marketing. The end result to you is a smooth, rewarding customer experience. Let Joe show you how to take his professional expertise and put it to work for you. To contact Joe, go to jpeters.com. You can call 908-238-0118 or text to 908-304-4660.